I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. Y'all better grab your extra large popcorn. We are in the thick of things with great films. I am open and positive. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Let's throw okay. on these boxer gloves. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Welcome to Talk Movie to Me, a weekly podcast where we do a deep dive on a new release that's just hit theaters or streaming. I'm Helen. I'm Edison. And I'm Miss Sinclair. It's Texas, 1979. And professional wrestler and promoter Fritz von Erich, known for his devastating finishing move, the Iron Claw, is set on making his son's champions. Kevin Von Erich is a Texas NWA heavyweight champion, but is looking to take his career to the next level with dreams of becoming the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. (laughs) (laughs) Fritz is confident that one of his sons can claim this coveted title, whether it be Kevin, Zac Efron, David, Harris Dickinson, Carrie, Jeremy Allen White, or Mike. Well, maybe not Mike. <laughs> no. <laughs> Played by Stanley Simons. <laughs> but Fritz von Erich rules his family less with an iron claw and more with an iron fist. And the von Erich drama, unfortunately, has a history of not always staying in the ring. The family has been subject to a so-called von Erich curse. And when tragedy continues to strike, this narrative is fueled even further. The journey to greatness is a tough and challenging road. The boys encounter more than their fair share of trials and tribulations. Kevin has the body, the guts, and the drive, but David has the star power. Carrie has that golden boy glow, and Mike, well, he struggles to fit into the hyper-masculine world created by his father. But is there any validity to the Von Erich curse? Does tragedy strike because of some sort of unjust god? Or are the fates cutting some golden thread? Were they victims of some prophecy, some tragic family dynasty? Directed by Sean Durkin, the Iron Claw asks the question, what's in a name? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Okay, Edison, what are your first impressions of the Iron Claw? Okay, so I went into this film knowing it was a wrestling movie, but not knowing anything about the story, not knowing anything about the Von Erichs. Even though I grew up obsessed with wrestling as a kid, but I was like a very young kid Mm. and didn't hear anything about them. They weren't wrestling really at that time. It was like I was the Hulk Hogan and Undertaker and Macho Man Randy Savage and Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Papa Shango years. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So... That will be important because that it was vital to my experience of this film, and we'll get into that later. But <laughs> I went in not knowing, and I love the way that the movie opens because it. I feel like it set the scene really well for the story. We, we see a flashback scene. There's this man in the wrestling ring, and he's got his hand held up in this like pose that's giving Lady Gaga bad romance. <laughs> the crowd is going wild. And, of course, as a wrestling fan, and because the movie is called The Iron Claw, we know that this is his finishing move. And it's just so theatrical. I was, like, laughing out loud and felt, like, warm. And I also love that he was definitely, like, a villain in the ring. 
but then we immediately cut to him like leaving the arena and the kids his boys run up and they're like hi dad and he's like hi and then kiss his wife and it's so i at this point was like oh this is going to be this big triumphant feel-good comical family <laughs> drama movie about overcoming obstacles <laughs> i was really excited <laughs> uh, yeah how about you helen <laughs> Well, thank you for describing that because I did come in late again. Oh, what um, is going on with you? This is what's going on is the last two movies have only been playing at Scotiabank. So <laughs> that's far. I'm not used to going to that theater. Okay. And then I also go in the middle of the day and it's lunchtime. So I have to go to Subway first. I have okay. to get a sandwich. That's yeah. why. Okay. Yeah. Also. So it's the Scotiabank curse apparently. Yes. It's not you. <laughs> It's not my fault. It's the Scotiabank curse, right. And also, listen, every time I go to Varsity, there's always at least 15 minutes of commercials and trailers. The movie never starts prior to 15 minutes. Scotiabank is a different story. They start earlier. Mm. So I walked in there at the movie started at 1 o'clock. I walked in at 1.15 and he was already coming out and showing the family the new car. So. Oh. So it's not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will still note that you walked in at one fifteen. Yeah, exactly. So if there was 15 minutes of trailers and commercials, the movie should have been starting as soon as I walked in. If that wasn't the case this week or last week. Anyways. Um, so it happened last the last time, but you didn't take that into account for this time. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but... Uh, you know, the beginning is in black and white. Uh, we're seeing this car. We're seeing more attorney who I, I love. And I know that the movie's going to be tragic. I know a little bit about the true story. So I'm kind of just like buckling in, seeing what what I'm going to be in for with this, uh, this saga here. Sinclair, your first impression. Well, I mean, my longtime partner is a big wrestling fan. So mm-hmm. I had been told about the Von Erics to a certain degree mm. already. And then this movie has been the talk of the town in our mm-hmm. lives since this movie was announced. Uh, this has been very highly anticipated <laughs> by him. And I mean, also also me uh, as well, because mm-hmm. we have actually been talking about this movie for a long time. Mm-hmm. But when this film starts in black and white, you know, obviously that gives us a feeling that this is from the past. Uh, that's a standard way to show past or memory. But showing the Von Erich father, um, Fritz Von Erich, in black and white, it actually really made me think of Raging Bull. Oh. There was a lot of it that just kind of looked like Raging Bull, uh, which I appreciated. I really liked the style of it. Uh, but really, it's hard to not have such a an epic first impression of Zac Efron's body. (laughs) Oh my God, I know, seriously. We've seen stills of him from just working (laughs) on this movie, but really it did not prepare me for actually seeing his body in this movie. It was Mm -hmm. kind of shocking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really distracting actually. And the camera does focus so much on his body that I was like, wow, he is ripped. But ripped like like He-Man action figure. Like chunky. Yes, just such a transformation. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll get into some storytelling, but just a little history on the Von Erics. Uh, I'm hoping that if you're listening that 
you've seen the movie, if you don't want anything spoiled and you don't know anything about the Von Erichs, then this is your, you know, well, I guess your chance was before we even <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. started getting into storytelling. But yeah, you know, don't listen if you if you don't want to know. But this is based off of a real wrestling family. The family's last name is actually Adkisson, but Von Erich is their professional wrestling name and their father's original name was Jack Adkisson who took on the professional name Von Erich because he actually played a Nazi heel mm-hmm. this Nazi villain as his wrestling stage name and they just kind of like kept this name by the time of his death five of his six sons had died Mm-hmm. three of which died by suicide. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the tragedy of this family. Now, there was another Von Erich brother, Chris, who was not in this film. His character was actually combined with the character of Mike, and we can get more into that. But there was actually more brothers that died <laughs> than this movie even <laughs> lets us see. Yeah. Um, and they did also have a brother who died as a child. So a lot of tragedy there. The Von Erichs, they were quite big in Texas. Uh, Fritz Von Erich ran a Texas regional promotion, the WCCW. Uh, so that's World Class Championship Wrestling. And the family faced so much tragedy that it's legend, this Von Erich curse. So that's a lot of history to have to summarize in one movie. So... Let's get into storytelling. (laughs) Well, just to touch off of what I had said in my opening, like I do wish that I had have known some of that coming Mm. into this. Just because I really set myself up for like complete and utter devastation and and shock Mm because it feels like two films kind Mm -hmm. of. It's like suddenly the tragedies start to unfold once David dies. Mm -hmm. And then it just is an unrelenting barrage of Mm -hmm. like tragedy uh, basically until the end. And you're just like, oh, fuck. And it sets you up to really love these guys and to, mm-hmm. to be this like you really are rooting for the triumphant story and there's just ain't none of that yeah well you did seem a bit shell-shocked when you came out of this <laughs> like you texted us after and it wasn't your usual energy and I kind of got the impression that the, once that wore off this film grew on you more once the 100%. initial shock and wore off I can't wait to watch it again actually yeah. now uh yeah once the initial shock and and like grief state maybe like (laughs) wore off then yeah i started to appreciate the nuance of the film more Mm. but at that time i was just like whoa this hour has just made me feel yeah it's a lot it's a lot you just saw it helen yeah i saw it today going back to your first impression sinclair about zach efron's body i will say that like the first act of this movie feels like the gayest not gay movie that <laughs> I may maybe have ever seen like re- it really does and like there was a part of me that was hoping that one of them would have a gay storyline like it, it just it felt really homoerotic yeah me too um, yeah <laughs> but just even in the way that it's filmed I mean obviously the director wants to showcase their bodies because that's part of wrestling mm-hmm. but it really kind of felt like Male gazy, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, it, I agree with that completely. But you know what? So does wrestling. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that it, it really got me thinking about wrestling. Watching this movie, that like wrestling, 
does feel very gay. <laughs> and it feels like maybe it's a way for, I'm sure there are some gay wrestlers, but maybe a way for like straight men to like express something that otherwise would be considered unstraight or something, you know, like it's an avenue that allows them to express flamboyance. Yeah. And extravagance with costumes and characters totally and like, like Ric Flair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but also the sport itself is more intimate than other sports. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but even a, a lot of like UFC and boxing and all of that, like there's, these are close contact mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. So I think that combined with the flair of it might be contributing to that but i but a lot of these sports are just their intimate sports like Mm -hmm. but it does make for a really interesting thing because wrestling is so you know it's brute Mm -hmm. but it's also theater and Mm -hmm. it's like this film was just a really deep examination of manhood and the more that i reflect Mm -hmm. on it the more that i really appreciate it and actually cannot wait to see it again but specifically this idea of manhood that's deeply American it's like forceful and restrictive Mm -hmm. but it's couched inside this ideology and language that seems on the surface to be aspirational it's like respect ambition justice even you're striving to like push for greatness to be the best but also like supporting one another's achievements even if it means your loss Mm -hmm. and taking accountability for your failures and these qualities defined the sort of predominant model of masculinity for generations in a big way. But it's also a model that only has one ideal. And that's mm-hmm. where the problem comes in. As we see, as we know, we've talked about toxic masculinity for years mm-hmm. now. There's no room for balance, for nuance, or for the qualities that like connect us to our softer emotions our fuller selves Mm -hmm. it's unbending so much so that when it's pushed to a certain point it does what most unbending things do and fractures Mm -hmm. or shatters Mm -hmm. and this film captures that whole exploration of of it so well it shows how this like poisoned ideology it can become a curse Mm -hmm. that rots this family from and the you, inside re- out. you really see that with the character of Mike too. Yes, um, completely. You know, he is the artist of the family, the mu- the musical one, this more sensitive one. Even though the brothers all are quite sensitive, but Mike seems to be sensitive in terms of of the arts and putting his passions towards that. And it would be really hard to be in a family that doesn't see value in that. Mm-hmm. And realistically, these are both difficult career paths, Um, but (laughs) more value is being put on, you know, winning a belt than, you know, Mike's music or his band. Because it's more masculine. It's It's more chest thumpy. Masculine. And I loved the, the part about how it's like it has to be suppressed. Right, like the father. I love when the mom says, "Like you know, your your father played clarinet." Yeah, the, and it's the clarinet. Yeah, yes. yes. you know. <laughs> and it's could like, you imagine yeah. being serenaded by clarinet yeah, music? Clarinet like clarinet of all things. <laughs> I know, um, but it's like, but he had to just suppress that. It's like you have yeah. to just. Uh. So, I will say that I found this movie to be good, but not great. Mm. I didn't cry once in this movie. And it's okay. I didn't I didn't cry either. I I know, but it didn't it did not hit me. 
Mm-hmm. And I have theories as to, I think, why that is the case. One of which being this is an insane story with a lot of plot points and a lot of tragedy, so much so that we're omitting an entire brother who committed suicide. Mm-hmm. I think it, for me, was a little too much to pack into one movie that I felt a lacking in in depth of exploring themes. Mm-hmm. I felt the exploration of toxic masculinity, but it didn't feel as deep as I would maybe want it to be. Mm-hmm. I had trouble connecting emotionally with this movie. I was able to like acknowledge how tragic it was, but I didn't f- necessarily feel the tragedy. Well, and we've also seen like a very grittier version of the dark side of wrestling with yeah. addiction with um, The Wrestler, the Mickey yeah. York movie. Yeah. Um, this movie wasn't aiming to do that I think that this film was definitely more about showing the brotherly love than about an in-depth look at you know Carrie's addictions or more that led to the suicide I think this wanted to wanted to focus more on the brotherly love aspect to combat the tragedy (laughs) you know right I think that that was the deep exploration of this mm-hmm. theme because it's not just toxic masculinity. We see that. We see the father represent that and how he he ruins his entire family because of it. It's so poison. But the decision to put so much focus on the camaraderie, on the brotherly love, on that thing that is actually what connects them, their empathy, their ability to have moments of vulnerability with one another, that's what saves them all at the end. Mm-hmm. I thought that that actually showed the like, way out the the way to kind of break the shackles of this form of restrictive masculinity yeah i think that the choice to combine one of the brothers with another brother Mm -hmm. i didn't (laughs) actually know that that was a thing interesting because like i can see why they did it apparently chris and mike had a lot of similarities and it it does just start to feel one after another Mm -hmm. and I don't think that this film is necessarily trying to get every single thing accurate to the true life story. Right. And you obviously have to take some sort of creative licensing here. Sean Durkin has discussed how hard it was to actually decide what to keep in and mm-hmm. what to eliminate. You know, I think that we're also used to now being able to have miniseries where <laughs> yeah, things can just be expanded over six episodes, especially stories like this. But he did decide to take Chris out and combine him with Mike. Kevin Von Erich was supportive of this. Sean Durkin did write the script before getting this approval though and had the script done and then Kevin Von Erich was informed about this I mean he's really lucky I think it would be hard to (laughs) it would be really hard to omit a person like little facts here and there fine small details but an entire person one of the brothers one of the brothers that died by suicide is like that is a very tough choice but I do get why they did it. It did. The film does start to feel like one after another because that's just what the story is. You know, that's the truth of it. Yeah. The movie is depressing. Don't get me wrong. But it, it did help balance it a bit. These creative choices plus the brotherly love, I think, for me, balanced it out. 
I would have loved more brotherly love. Like I, I did find the first half of this movie. I enjoyed that and I was on board with that. And then it, I don't know how you tackle this much tragedy in one movie mm-hmm. without it just being like one after the other, which is what it was at the end. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot, it's a lot to have to put into a film. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, envy that task of, of writing this script and, and telling this family story. Cause it's, overwhelming I think it was lacking for me in somewhere for it to let me in I just didn't feel like I could I could get let into this story Mm -hmm. and there was aspects of it that felt a bit heavy-handed to me you know at the end when Kevin finally cries and says men aren't supposed to cry I was just kind of like okay yes see that that, we'll we'll, we'll get into the ending because that normally wouldn't work for me in a film but I Mm -hmm. actually feel like it worked for me in mm. this film, I think because Zac Efron's character has been so stoic in so much of this and not as open with his feelings, and they've really had that like stiff upper lip attitude, death after death. I think the film like needed that moment. So I, I just think it could have been better acted and better written, to be honest. Like, uh, I, and that's fair. Yeah. This is the thing. These are the types of things that are subjective in a mm-hmm. film, right? Yeah. It moved me. I was like weeping. That We're talking about the scene where he's sitting, sitting mm-hmm. with his boys, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's like, this is the moment. You know, this character has been trying to process, but he has never, ever made, been given the tools to process. Lily James's character is trying her best, and she represents this lightness and this warmth and love and freedom from that masculine kind of ideal right and I think that he why he's escaped why he was able to is because he like leaned into that and didn't try and dominate mm-hmm. and that was the like moment with his little kids where he was like oh they gave him permission I get it I understand what you're saying Helen it's a little on the nose but it yeah. did work for me too yeah well that's fine. also that's fine. after every death you know it was like okay well who's gonna fill the shoes now? I know who's going in the ring who's going yeah. in the ring And it's like finally this moment at the end where, first of all, I didn't know that Kevin Von Erich was still alive. I Mm. was like, he's next. Oh, no. (laughs) He's next. One thing my partner did not tell me was that Kevin Von Erich is still alive. So I was like, he's they all die. So I was pleasantly surprised at the end. I was Mm. like, oh, my God, he lives. Yeah. He That's, lives. He, yeah. he actually lives. Broke he the gets curse. he gets through it. So yeah. I think that moment with his sons and you do feel like oh he's going to treat his sons differently and like you mm-hmm. feel this moment of of breaking the curse so i think that's why i liked it i could also see the doc scene that mm. wouldn't normally work for me necessarily either and it kind of worked for me in this and i don't know why <laughs> would have i don't think it would have normally but i think because there is so much brotherly love in this that anyone who's had a family member die you imagine that you know you want to know that they are somewhere yeah you know you want to know you will see them again and that they are existing somewhere and i think that's what makes this work i agree and i think it it's the catharsis of us having that moment for them as viewers being like okay like some kind of relief but i also like that it was ambiguous enough because it's it's bookended on both 
sides of that scene by Zac Efron's character like leaning over his brother's body. So mm-hmm. it could also be interpreted as what Kevin mm, is yeah. imagining his brother's going mm-hmm. to right now and that being his moment of kind of dealing with his grief or finding the light within it. So it's not so like hey they're all meeting in this special place definitively it might just be what he's imagining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well also, you know, Kevin Von Erich I felt for him (laughs) this movie he had the drive he had the body but he was not good on the mic Mm -hmm. like you you feel him choking on the mic and and David stepping in and it it really is the sad story of like what makes a star Mm. Um, we'll, we'll get into performances a little bit more but you know when Ric Flair comes into this movie you feel the energy change Mm-hmm. Like you feel a celebrity coming, right? Yeah. Like with that robe, with the you feel oh, a yeah. star, <laughs> and I loved that because I could feel my energy pick up when when Ric Flair comes on, and I almost wanted to start going boo boo, <laughs> like you can you feel it and you feel like okay, that's a star. But it, and it is also a vital characteristic of the biggest wrestlers yeah. Hulk Hogan these 24 inch pythons are coming yeah. after you can you dig it yeah. like the ultimate warrior they all had catchphrases they all had their way that was just this larger than life star they were yeah. all good on the mic they had to be yeah, yeah. can you smell what the rock is cooking <laughs> like it's all so that. what do you so, do if you're an introverted wrestler you probably you know? shouldn't be a you wrestler you don't become a, a star <laughs> Yeah, it's that that sad that sad story, you know, on top of this. Shall we get into performances? Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of performing. <laughs> okay, so the other barrier for me for this film was Zac Efron, unfortunately. I don't think he was bad, but he just was not great. Really? No, mm. not for me. The whole time I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this should be so moving for me. Why am I not engaging? And I think because he's the main character and we're sort of seeing everything through him, like I just could not connect. Mm. I really struggled to feel anything for him. I don't mm-hmm. think he was doing a bad job, but I mean, to speak to, about Harris Dickinson for one second, the brief scene in when after he's puked in the toilet, <laughs> that brief scene between the two of them, I was like, oh, Harris Dickinson, I- I'm into this character here I feel clicked into this guy and then he dies the next scene but mm-hmm. and Zach I'm, I just couldn't I don't know what it was I couldn't get into it I did not feel the same way at all yeah I don't know that I have ever cared about Zach Efron in any capacity I definitely haven't no yeah but I really really cared about him in this film yeah. and I think it's a totally different character like David that's Harris Dickinson's is like the character's different and so he mm. plays him different he gets he's such a free actor he's he's in the moment he goes for it he's playful and it's just a different dynamic energy whereas um zach efron's character was way more muted and he had to play it more like it was all his kind of inner world and i felt all of it i could see him just so scared to like break out of it but also i don't know i just yeah it moved me mm-hmm. yeah i do i disagree Helen. I think he was really good. And I, he's also playing a real person too. So it's hard to add, I think, to somebody who exists and also somebody who, you know, 
a lot of his brothers were getting the attention over him as well Mm -hmm. and it is a quieter role but I think that the real acting is the body acting in this I will say that was impressive to me he has incredible body acting and I don't Mm -hmm. just mean the transformation I mean his the way he uses his body with the camera Mm -hmm. you feel him hit the ground you feel his pain you just you feel him take those hits you feel him trying to support his brothers, even when it's him. He thinks it's him um, mm-hmm. that should be doing some of these things. I don't think that the role required him to be big or emotive, or he is he is muted in a lot of ways. But I just think it makes sense in terms of the story. See, um, for me, yeah. I'm not saying I needed him to be big. I needed there to be a more emotion. For me. I didn't feel like there was anything underneath the muteness. Right. From an acting perspective, I wasn't seeing the struggle that was underneath being withheld. I wasn't, I didn't feel that. But I also don't think it was bad. It just, it didn't get to that next level where I could connect with it for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm having a funky day. I don't know. But (laughs) But if I could also just swing back to hair stick and Mm -hmm. support just a brief moment. I'm obsessed. He's so beautiful. It is actually unreal. Yeah. I'm obsessed with him as an actor, with Mm -hmm. just, again, how authentic he is and believable in every moment all the time. But holy sweet thunder and Christ, he's so hot. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you think? It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And there's something going on behind those eyes. (laughs) Like, when he he talks, I know that there's there's something behind it and it's not just on the surface I don't know but you know he I was very engaged in his in his performance and you know they they kept dropping like flies and then I was just left with Zach and I was like I don't, but <laughs> you're your favorite I don't one. the other ones yeah <laughs> so Jeremy Allen White who plays Carrie now he's gotten a lot of hype the bear mm-hmm. has been hugely hugely hyped i haven't yeah. actually seen it yet oh my god edison it's i so know good. everyone says, has the exact same reaction mm-hmm. i've seen him in his calvin klein ads mm-hmm. i don't fancy him because he just has that very straight sean penn energy but like <laughs> i do think that he's so like i get it i'm watching mm-hmm. it and i'm like man is magnetic like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on screen he's absolutely going to be a massive big film actor for sure I've been in love with Jeremy Allen White since Shameless um, <laughs> from ages and ages ago. I was in love with Lip, his character, Philip, nicknamed mm. Lip. So I've been in love with him for a while, okay? So everybody's like getting all obsessed with him now. It's I was true. there from the beginning. Hey, the only person who's ever watched Shameless. Yes. <laughs> no one ever saw that. That's true. Yeah, was the just only you. One. <laughs> um, I just feel bad because he's always in movies with fucked up families. Like I just want some peace for Jeremy Allen White. You know, there's yeah. something about him that just for some reason works in really dysfunctional That's families. That's Because he just like has uh, this inside simmering intensity that yeah. lends itself well to that. Yeah. I actually think the best performance in this film, though, is Fritz von Erich. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah. Holt McCallany. I mean, he's the patriarch. Like it's he has complete control over this family to the point where the mother, Maura Tierney, I just wanted to wring her neck by the end of it. I was like, please do something. Like, please, please step in. And she was like, I'll let God handle it. Like, she had just, like, completely turned to religion. But, like. Mm -hmm. The ultimate 
model of restrictive masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there really isn't a movie without Fritz von Erich. I agree with that. I don't, I was not as compelled and it may have been his, the writing that they gave him. He just seemed a little too one note for me. He was like the narrator. He was all exposition. I, I felt, I felt like everything he said was just exposition. It was to move along the story. And that could be who that person was like, mm-hmm. It, but I wasn't I didn't feel super into his performance in I particular, wasn't enthralled but. by him I do love like Lily James it's not like sh- there was a whole ton for her to do in this mm. but she's always just like the most wonderful welcome like she's a sweetie <laughs> vision on the screen yeah, yeah like she brings so much light and warmth and and, and I, she represents well, hope she is necessary too to kind of show the impact of yeah going yes. after this dream has on the family like she's that, yeah. that character some of the other sons had wives and kids too but <laughs> well there's other tragedy too like david had a yeah. daughter who died yeah you know like there's just oh there's God. other tragedies too that is just are just not in this <laughs> i know for sure um mike was just perfect yeah he yeah, was sweet he, he was, was so, so good, good. I, you don't want him to get in the ring and you no. think he isn't and then he gets in the ring yeah no. that's you not really, where he belonged no. no no you're really rooting for him and i'm not familiar with that actor at all but he was really really good yeah i liked him a lot awful yeah. hair in this movie though i must say yeah <laughs> hairstyles should we get into the technical then yes i actually did i mean the hairstyles are bad but i think that's just those were well, the styles of the that's time. That's what it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually really quite enjoyed the styling, like the the hairstyles and the costuming. I felt like it was really representative of the time, and it is, mm-hmm. I guess, all of the 80s pretty much is what we're seeing yeah. in this yeah. movie. But the 80s is... Bad hair. Wow. Just <laughs> really bad all around. Yeah. <laughs> and especially as a wrestler, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to be a little extra yeah. to yeah. have that big hair to stand out. I agree. The styling was fantastic. In general, the way that this film looked was really, I was really impressed. The wrestling sequences Mm -hmm. themselves, I was absolutely obsessed with. There were times when it was almost like percussive and melodic when they would be in the ring. Like Mm -hmm. that one bit when Kevin, Zach Efron, is like practicing his falls and Mm -hmm. he drops and Mm -hmm. he gets up and drops and gets up and yeah. drops and it was like almost picked at this rhythm and it was like I just thought the way that all of the ring action was shot was so good in this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the camera's relationship with the bodies in this film it, incredible and I think that people have a very like misguided idea of what wrestling is and mm-hmm. it's this idea oh it's fake the outcome is planned, but the wrestling isn't fake. These mm-hmm. are stunts. People get really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, these wrestlers, oh God, yeah. they become injured. They get addicted to drugs. They get mm-hmm. concussed. Mm-hmm. Like, these are athletes. I think mm-hmm. this movie does a really good job of actually showing how dangerous this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... You feel the bodies hit the mat. Like when Zach Efron hits the floor. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. people have died it. doing yeah. this. People have career ending injuries. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated how this movie showed the severity of what these 
wrestlers go through because people I feel like oh it's fake it's fake which really downplays what these people do Mm -hmm. you know I agree yeah the severity of that and also just the physical prowess required to sustain it yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay cool well what was the last word on the iron claw for you Helen so last word for me I think that this is an exceptional story I just don't find it to be exceptional storytelling. Mm -hmm. That being said, it is good. And it really is an unbelievable story. Mm -hmm. There was just something lacking for me in terms of having an emotional reaction to the film or an emotional connection. But it is definitely worth a watch, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Edison? For me, yeah. I really needed to sit with this film after watching it to reflect on it and come out of the sort of, yeah, as you said, kind of shell shock way Mm -hmm. when I first saw it. I'm absolutely going to watch it again. I do think it's a great story. I thought it was done in a really empathetic way, a way that invites us in. It it ultimately shows the humanity of these brothers and allows us to to feel the way that they connect with each other and with ourselves. And we want them to break free. And I appreciated the discourse around manhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. How about you, Sinclair? Yeah, I liked this. You know, as tragic as this story is, I had a great time watching it, <laughs> to be honest. I I, I know. It is entertaining. It's, like, it's good. I, you yeah. know, I recently watched Fighting with My Family with Florence Pugh. Mm. Um, so even Florence Pugh has a wrestling movie out there. <laughs> uh, this one was way better than that one. Mm. For sure. Iron Claw is way better than that one. But I think that as a sport, this is kind of misunderstood. And I think mm-hmm. that the work and the pain that goes into professional wrestling isn't known by everyone. And I think that movies like this, it gives us a good insight into this world. Uh, yeah. So I really liked this. Yeah. Nice. Well, this has been another episode of Talk Movie to Me. If you would like to get in touch with us, our email is talkmovietome at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovietome. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And season seven episodes are on YouTube at Talk Movie to Me Podcast. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>